Welcome to Healthy Perspectives Podcast with Jeremiah, where we provide clinical perspectives on current social and cultural issues. And don't forget, you can subscribe at Podbean, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe at any or all of them. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Getter, Twitter, and many other social media sites. Or you can email us at healthy perspectives with an S at protonmail.com. Student debt is outrageous. And we just got $10,000 to help students that meet certain criteria. That's the conversation for today. I've seen it all over social media. But I'm going to take a different look. Because as you know, that's what I do here. So today we're going to, we're going to big picture it. We're going to small picture it. And we're going to come up with some conclusions. I'm not going to tell you what you have to think. I'm going to tell you some ways in which I think these things through and as a therapist. And then you get to decide how you're going to proceed, hopefully with some insights that maybe you don't currently have. So let's, start, let's start it off with putting this into context from a small picture, the individual picture. As I'm looking and people are upset, there's people upset that they... Uh, they didn't get enough. There's people upset because uh, they, they've paid off their bills already. There's people upset because uh, other people are having to pay for uh, you know, somebody else's college, right? The taxpayers ultimately have to pay for it. Look, there's, there's happiness. There's uh, anger and frustration. There's all kinds of emotion around it. So I'm going to piece that apart a little bit. And we're just going to go ahead and we're going to get after that. Do you find yourself upset that it wasn't enough. If you're in that category, I'm going to tell you two things. One, you voted or didn't vote, which inherently put us in this position. And if you're upset that it wasn't enough, might want to take a look at entitlement, understand what that word means, and, and get a grasp on on. The, the fact that this is a gift, this is a gift that is given to you by all the taxpayers and to not show gratitude after this has been done uh, is, is disrespectful to all the people who are paying for it that have gotten nothing as a result of this. Okay, second question. Do you find yourself feeling happy for the $10,000 that you got? If you're in this boat, one, remember you voted or didn't vote. And if you didn't vote and you got that $10,000 gift, I got to tell you, uh, you know, it's good to be lucky. It's good to be lucky. And if you did vote and you voted for the people who, who made this happen, remember that you voted for them and they are representing you. I'm saying that not because I agree or disagree. Simply to say, voting is a big deal because in our system, as I get to this in the, in the little bit, in the big picture, that's how we do things. So my question then for anybody who is happy that they got the $10,000, what about everyone else that doesn't qualify? Have you thought about them? Have you put a little empathy into the cup and say, hey, you know what? 
you know, the, I could understand why somebody might be a little frustrated or irritated that they're paying for my $10,000 gift. Okay. Do you find yourself feeling upset that you're paying for somebody else? Let's say you didn't go to college or you went to college and you already paid it off. Are you upset that somebody else is getting this benefit? We're back to two more, two more statements here. Do you realize, as I was, that, that would have been a question. You voted or you didn't vote. And the second is pour some empathy on it. For some of those people who got that $10,000, you've literally just changed their world. I'm not suggesting that it's right or wrong. I'm simply saying you voted or didn't vote. And if we empathize with the other side, we could feel happiness for them. Not because we have gotten screwed or didn't get screwed or whatever, but happiness for them that somebody is going to benefit because that's, well, it's good. I like it when people win. It's good. I mean, I, of course, selfishly, I always like to be the one who wins, but when other people win, that's good. Do you find yourself being happy for others that get this benefit? Remember, you voted or didn't vote. And if you find yourself happy for them, I, I start to wonder, and this is, you know, me just being a curious person. How do you go about finding happiness in somebody else getting this break? That, that's an interesting question. How do you go about it? Is it because you're doing just fine? Because if you're struggling, is it not harder to find happiness for others? So most people, I would venture a guess here, and it's a pretty educated guess. It's not like a you know, a, a, you know, a shot in the dark. It's it's an educated guess. Most people who are happy for the others are probably people who are doing just fine financially. They're not they're not necessarily struggling a ton. You know, that same category may find themselves a little greedy, and you know, deciding that they're ticked that somebody else, but. Those two in that category are often uh, the polar opposites um, that we would encounter when people have a lot. They either are greedy or generous. When we look at this from a small picture view, I wanted to do that because I wanted to pour empathy on it and understanding of the different perspectives around it. Not because I'm telling you what to think, but we're going to step back now and we're going to take a big picture Look at this. This is a systems awareness piece. In the system that we have, like it or don't like it, the system that we have, the these kinds of decisions are made by people who represent the individuals. It's not necessarily made by the individuals. So in a big picture sense, we have to ask ourselves, about the system. What do we do with a system like this? If people that are representing us are representing us well, then we're going to have less energy on these decisions. 
because they are representing the vast majority of us. Then it's not ever going to be perfect. I'm not expecting that. But if they're representing the vast majority, the vast meaning more than 51%, like let's be real, this 5149 stuff, I know our system is set up similar like that. But, you know, in all reality, I think when you get closer to that 80% mark, you're probably meeting the mark. That's probably about where it is. If you're harming, uh, you know, 49% of the population, I think you're failing. But that's just a personal opinion because I think about it relationally. Relationally, in the big picture, it's not a 50-50 split. When I work with couples, if I hear a couple say, hey, we go 50-50 on everything, uh, I think to myself, how long is it going to be before they're divorced? Not because I don't want them to be successful, but because that model is just not successful. Time and time again, it's proven out that it's just not a successful model. The correct relational model is 100-100. Each person gives in 100%. And when a person only has the uh, capacity to do 80 or 70%, the other person is picking up the slack. And so you end up with this higher threshold of, of joy, but you also end up with this this taming of the low spot, right? We, we don't get as low. And so overall happiness, overall joy, overall healthy experience in the relationship goes up. And that's the win. So if our system is not doing its part because our representatives are not representing us, then the solution is not that difficult. The solution is actually quite simple. We have to look at the people who are supposed to be representing us and say, are they good leaders? And if they are, we keep them there. And if they're not, we do something about it. And that's something to do about it. When we look at this relationally, it's very simple. Don't vote for them again. That's the easiest, best method to go about this. Now, I know there's always these conversations in politics about term limits and this and that. Look, I'm not getting into that. That's not the point of my podcast. What I'm telling you is if the system works like this, I'll give you another example, actually. Before I do, let me finish that sentence. If the system works like this, we have to work within the system to make it different. And another example of that, this is where my mind was going, so sorry about that, um, is education. In academics, it didn't take me very long to do the math. I was a math guy for a long time. And the math was really simple. If I got a syllabus from an instructor, I could look at the syllabus, calculate out how many points I was going to need to get an A or a B or a C or whatever. I could do that at the, the day one. The, the moment they hand out that syllabus, I could do the math. Once I get to that number of points that I want, let's say I wanted an A, once I get to the right number of points, I don't have to do any more work. Now, that's a system. Knowing the system, we can absolutely take advantage of the system. I got my 91%. I am done. You know, final exam is tomorrow. Yep, I will not take the final exam. If they say it's, it's required, you have to take it, I would come in, put a dot in the bubble, and walk out because I took the exam. Why? Because I don't need to get any of the points. I've already got all the points I need to get an A. So I move on. Now, 
The unfortunate part of that is when we look at systems and we figure out how to take advantage of the system, the unfortunate reality is we can manipulate a system to get our needs, wishes, wants. Uh, We can be selfish. Now, did I do that in any of my classes? No, I probably wasn't smart enough to do that. Or I shouldn't say smart enough. I might have been intelligent enough. I was... Uh, not focused enough early on in the in the term uh, to to maximize all my points early on. So um, I always ended up having to take the exam. I didn't always have to get a very good grade on the exam, but I you know I always ended up having to take the exam. But those systems, as we look at the different systems, the relational system, the political system, the academic system, when we can take advantage of it, here's the other reality. So can others. So if I had, uh, you know, this desire to have my entire student debt paid off and I was able to activate enough people to get on board with that, I could manipulate the system. And that's the way it is. You don't have to like it. You don't have to, uh, you know, think that that's fair and reasonable and equitable and all of that stuff. But it is the system. So knowing the system with which we work within absolutely matters. In family systems, the way we do this is we talk about roles. Each part of the system has a role to play. It's not it's not always relational to play a role. And it usually is relational to play a role. What I mean by that is if I am a kid and I have a parent that is acting like a child, I could switch roles. I could be the parent in the situation. That is not relationally good, but in the system, it could be more effective. Does that make it right or wrong? What happens when the system interferes with the relational model in that particular case? We have a friction point and we have to figure out how to navigate that. And we do that through communication, which we know right now the communication between the politicians and the people and the people and the politicians is probably at an all-time low. I mean, it, you know, they, they hear each other. The echo chamber is going nice and strong in social media. The, the politicians are, are at each other's throats and none of them want to vote with the other. It's, there's, there's not a dialogue going on. There's a whole series of monologues. And without good communication in any system, you will start to see breakdowns. Well, we're seeing breakdowns. You don't have to like it. But it is also true. So let's let's go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and start to wrap this up. What do we do with all of this information? Like we got a whole bunch of emotional individual people. No matter where they fell on that spectrum, there's emotions running wild. Not everybody. Some people I think are staying pretty calm and collected, but some are getting pretty wild. Number one. Understand you're emotional. Acknowledge it. Just acknowledge that. Understand you had a role to play in it. This look back and saying, when we voted, 
it created this scenario. That's acknowledging. That's taking responsibility for your part in it. Because you had a part in this. No matter how you look at it, you played a role. You didn't vote. You played a role. You voted. You played a role. You voted for the other guy. You played a role. No matter what, you played a role in this. Acknowledge that. Own it. And let's decide what to do with it from here. If you like these outcomes, then continue to do what you've been doing, right? If you don't like these outcomes, then make a shift. Make a shift. Let's do something different. I'm going to leave you with this. This is one of my my favorite things to say. I mean, it's definitely up there. It's in the probably top 50 things that I like to say. The way to change your past, in this case, I'm talking about all of these people have voted. It's already a done deal. $10,000 is done, although nobody has gotten it yet. But it's like it's done deal. The way to change the past is to make a change today and then get to tomorrow. If we want something different than what we are getting, we have to be willing to do something different. Make the change today if you need to make a change. Otherwise, stay the course. Let's see where it takes us. Whatever it is, it's going to be an interesting ride. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully this was an interesting perspective to you and have a great day. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a look at our website at www.healthyperspectives with a dash in between the healthy and the perspectives. Make sure there's an S at the end.com. So again, www.healthy-perspectives with an S.com. 